0: Well, here we are again in our study of the book of Proverbs, and we're in chapter 2, and we've been looking at verses 3 and 4, but I want to read beginning in verse one we're going to read a few verses, and then we're going to go over to the book of James, which although a New Testament book, it has many similarities uh, to the book of Proverbs. And what we're studying is uh, the place of prayer in seeking for God's wisdom. That not only do we study God's word, we recognize our need of God's help to to correctly interpret and to correctly apply God's word. So let's look in chapter two, verse one. Let's read a few verses just to see where we are. And then we'll get over to the book of James. My son, if you will receive my words and treasure my commandments within you, make your ear attentive to wisdom, incline your heart to understanding. For if you cry for discernment, lift your voice for understanding. If you seek her as silver and search for her as for hidden treasure, then you will discern the fear of the Lord and discover the knowledge of God. Now, um, as we study through the book of uh, Proverbs, you're going to think many times. Wow. Brother Paul repeats himself a lot. Well, um, I have a biblical basis for that. If you notice just in this passage, And so far, everything we've studied in the book of of Proverbs, it seems to be saying over and over again that that wisdom is available and that God is disposed. He's willing to reveal his wisdom to us. But there are conditions. Uh, Wisdom just doesn't fly off the bookshelf and into the ear of the apathetic or the unconcerned. Wisdom is given to those who who seek her, who seek her. And uh, it's a conditional clause. I keep bringing that up. If you do this, God will do this. Now, I will admit, I'll be the first to admit, sometimes God gives us wisdom and he protects us even when we do not ask for it, because he's a gracious God. He's a good God. Yet at the same time, we I think we miss out on so much of God's direction and God's wisdom because we do not seek it in his word, and we do not ask for his aid in prayer. And so in verses three and four, for if you cry for discernment and you lift your voice or give your voice for understanding that that God will respond. So here we see prayer and we looked at the prayer of, of King Solomon, who wrote this book that he prayed, asked for wisdom and God gave him wisdom and so much more well. The same promises for us it may not look exactly like what happened to the king, uh, King Solomon, but God's promise is sure. Now, I think several lessons ago, I talked to you about something that is extremely important, and it's the difference between unbelief and presumption. Unbelief is when we do not believe the promises of God. That's unbelief. It's clearly revealed in his word. Um. This is not something that came from outer space. It's not some feeling in our heart, but it's a direct promise from scripture. Unbelief is when we do not trust in that promise. The other side of that kind of sin is presumption. And presumption is when we believe something and hold it as true when God hasn't necessarily promised it. When we've taken his promises in his word out of context and uh, like everything's just going to come out all right and I'm not going to suffer or all my finances are going to be great or I'm going to make straight A's even though I didn't study. All those things are really not promised in scripture and to, to hold on to them, especially in the context of disobedience, is presumption to presume God is going to do something when God never promised it. Now, why did I say all that? Because we're now going to deal with a topic that God has where God has promised he has promised to give his wisdom to us If we will seek it if we will ask for it and so to doubt that is to doubt God's character now the test is going to come in this in that you're going to look at a passage or you're going to have a certain circumstance that happens in your life And and you're going to ask for wisdom, and a voice doesn't come out of heaven. And maybe you go a few days, and it doesn't seem like the situation has become any clearer. And you begin to doubt, did God really promise wisdom? Well, what you need to understand, and we're going to see this in the book of James, is that perseverance is a necessity. So many people begin praying well. Few people finish praying well few people persevere and that's why so many people miss out on promises that really are promises that God has made because even though they start praying they do not persevere in prayer even though they start seeking God's will in the scriptures they do not continue on with their seeking and so I want us to go to the book of James and chapter 1 and um, Let's go ahead and get the context. Look, look at verse two. He says, consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials. Now, he's not saying that we should look for trials and he's not saying that we should necessarily rejoice because of the trial itself. I mean, if you uh, if you enjoy suffering just for the sake of suffering, then you probably need counseling. There's nothing wrong with us seeing suffering and hurt and trials as something that uh, we don't necessarily want to seek for. So he's not talking about having joy because of the suffering itself. He's talking about having joy in the fact that as Christians, we know God is sovereign and that he's working through this trial. And in the end, this trial is going to produce fruit in our life. So he says, consider it all Joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, a squadron of trials, trials. Please understand this young person. Trials are going to come into your life. I mean, from every direction and every sort, every type and kind of trial. And another thing you need to understand, something that may be a great trial to me may not be a real problem for you. And something that doesn't bother me at all may almost sink your ship. And so be very careful about judging which trials are are uh, difficult and which are easy because it's different for all of us. He says consider it all joy my brethren when you encounter various trials. Now why should they consider it joy? Knowing. Okay? You consider this trial that's difficult and painful and everything else you consider it joy because you know something. Okay? You know something. From where? From some revelation out of the sky or some prophet who dropped by your house? No. You know something based upon God's word. Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing. That the testing of your faith produces endurance, what he's going to ultimately get at here is knowing that this trial, you can have joy in the midst of a painful trial, because you know that that trial is not without purpose. It's not just some random event that happened to you, but it's specifically designed by God to conform you to the image of Christ. Now, even when we know that, it can still make the trial very difficult. Please believe me. Um, I've been in this for a long time, and when trials come, I know that it will conform me to the image of Christ. But still, there's part of me that just doesn't want it but we have our joy and our confidence in knowing that this is not for nothing that god is working and the big work that he's doing is changing our character and conforming us to christ knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance um how are you you know the, uh, we have a, a a race here in our area that's an endurance race that's quite famous from what I understand. And we have some people even in our church, I think, that have participated in it and they train and train and train all year. And they put themselves through great trials, you know, going up some of these Virginia Appalachian Mountains, you know, every day running and running and running in order to prepare themselves for a race, a greater race in order to give themselves strong endurance so that they can continue. And that's the purpose of trials. It trains us, it strengthens us with each trial that we pass through, we become more capable, more able to believe God and to endure in our faith in the midst of the fire. He says, and let endurance have its perfect results so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Here, here's what it's all about. Do you really want to know? It's all about our characters being conformed to the image of Christ. Please understand that. There are so many people preaching today just what we call a false bill of goods. They are preaching so many superficial things. You know, the goal is that you never suffer. The goal is that you... uh, you prosper economically and physically and, and that all of these things. And it's simply not true. It's, it's not in the propositions, the theological propositions of Scripture. It's not in the examples or history of Scripture. God's purpose is to make you like Christ. And in order for him to do that, there's got to be the passing through the fire. There's got to be the beating with the hammer the molding, the shaking, the sifting. And and yes, it's difficult, my dear young friend. Uh, please, I know it's difficult. And it will be difficult for you. And when I see you passing through it, I'll I'll honestly hurt for you. But know that it is with a great purpose. And that great purpose is to prepare you for glory, to make you like His Son. So he goes on. He says, now, look at verse 5. But if any of you lack wisdom, so many people will just look at verse 5 and go, if you like, if you lack wisdom. And it's true, if you lack wisdom, you need to ask for it in any time or any circumstance. But especially he's talking about in the midst of trials. You know, you uh, know, everybody, whether they're boxing or karate or wrestling or judo or whatever whatever it is, you know, you look at your opponent and maybe you've studied the way he fights and and everybody has a plan. That's what we all say. Everybody has a plan. I'm going to move inside this guy or I'm going to stay outside this guy or you have a plan, it seems, until the first punch is thrown. And then it's just it's confusion. (laughs) It's survival. And sometimes the plan doesn't work out. And sometimes you don't even try to make it work out. You're just trying to fight for your life. And that's kind of the way it is with trials. I mean, I've seen people say, when I, you know, when I have to deal with this, I'm going to do this and this and this. But man, when the trial starts, confusion comes. And, and sometimes you don't know where to turn. And that's what James is talking about here. He, uh, he's talking about in the midst of the fight. When there is confusion and you don't really know which way to turn, you better turn to God, turn to his word, but drop on your knees and pray for wisdom. Now, if any of you lack wisdom, well, let me me ask you a question. You know someone who doesn't lack wisdom. And if you think you don't lack wisdom, you're in trouble. First thing you need to do is realize you need wisdom as much as anybody. If not more now, he says, but if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. Isn't that what we've been studying in the book of Proverbs? Ask, ask him. Now, that doesn't mean you kind of just cross your legs and sit there and go, God, give me wisdom. And expect, you know, I don't know, the angel Gabriel to come down or some revelation or maybe a big giant green screen TV appear in front of you. That's not what it's talking about. God, give me wisdom. And sometimes after that, we go into scripture and we search and search. Sometimes scripture just comes to mind. And we begin to see this is what I should do. Sometimes, and and this is always recommendable, we go for godly counsel. Especially if you're a young person. You know, Go, go to godly parents. Go to... Uh, godly elders and say, you know, I have this situation. I've seen this in the word. I've been praying, but um, w- what do you think? Um, I'm 58 and I do that. I do that all the time. I come to certain conclusions when I'm studying scripture for writing a book or something, or I, I've got to preach or I'm in a trial. Or we've got to make a decision here at Cry, and and I'll sit there and go, OK, I've prayed. I've looked at the word, but then I'll go over and I'll ask my wife, what do you think? I'll ask my co-laborers, what do you think? I'll ask the elders who are over us. "What, What do you think we ought to do in this situation? You see, so wisdom can come from directly reading the word. It can come from God just showing us verses, you know, bringing to mind things that he said in his word and but also from godly counsel. And and let me just say this, uh, young believer. We we so need each other. It, it, I, I need you, and you need me, and and, and we need each other. And if you're a believer, you need your and your your you need your father and mother. And guess what? Your father and mother need you. Uh, I have gone to my sons. You know, one is eighteen now, and one is sixteen. And I've said, hey, what what do you think? What do you think we ought to do? And it's not just that I want their gears to start turning. Uh, They're both believers. I I really want to know what they would do. So see, humble yourself, ask for counsel. Um, Says, but if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. Now, this is the kind of God we have. Now, this this is not made up. This is not something that dropped out of heaven and comes through some some prophet or something that Lives today. This is God's word telling us what kind of God we have. He's a God who gives to all generously and without reproach, and it will be given to him. He's a God who gives generously and without reproach. What does that mean? Um, first of all, generously. Uh, he gives us above and beyond what we can ask. They say we well, didn't do it immediately. He didn't say do it immediately. There's seeking, there's perseverance, there's there's putting ourselves sometimes in the night watch before his throne and crying out or going to scripture, going to 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 others to give us godly counsel, but he promises to give wisdom generously in time. Now, if you don't believe that you're not believing God, you're not believing his promise and you're doubting his character. And that's one of the greatest offenses you can commit against God is not to believe him because it's a direct attack on his character. He says he gives to all generously and without reproach. What does that mean without reproach? Um, so, you know, a fallible dad, here I am, a fallible dad who makes mistakes. And my son comes to me and says, uh, Dad, um, where do you think I ought to hunt today? Do you think I ought to hunt over there on the hill or down in that gorge? Where do you think I ought to hunt? And I say, well, according to the wind, I think you need to hunt down in that gorge. And he goes, hunts on the hill. And he doesn't listen to me. He doesn't see anything. He doesn't kill anything. The wind's all wrong. And uh, But the next morning, he comes to me and goes, Dad, where do you think I ought to hunt? Well, his stubborn imperfect dad may say, well, why are you asking me? You asked me yesterday and I told you and you didn't do what I said. Why should I give you any more of my wisdom? You see, um, we have a tendency to do things like that, don't we? God doesn't. When you ask, when you humble yourself before the Lord, even if you haven't listened before, you say, Lord, I haven't listened to you, but please, I need you. Uh, he doesn't look at you and say, no, I'm finished with you. I, I offered you wisdom before. You didn't take it. You disobeyed. It's over. He's, he's not like that. Not only does he give generously, he gives without reproach. But please, don't don't play with God. Don't show a lack of reverence toward him. If you have asked for wisdom or, or if you haven't asked for wisdom before or you've known what the wise thing was to do and you simply went your own way following your flesh, that's sin. Repent of it. Ask for forgiveness. But once you've asked for forgiveness, receive forgiveness. Start all over again and realize that you should ask for wisdom again and he's not going to bring up the past. So he gives without reproach and it's very assuring, isn't it? Uh, It gives me confidence because I've probably lived a lot longer than you and I've probably um, messed up a lot more than you. I can tell you he is a very kind God. He's worthy of reverence and he must be respected and you will reap what you sow, but know this, he's kind. And even when you blow it, you can come back to him and say, Lord, I didn't listen to wisdom last time, but I need wisdom again. And then he goes on, but he must ask, verse six, he must ask in faith without any doubting. For the one who doubts is like the surf of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For that man ought not to expect that he will receive anything from the Lord, being a double minded man, unstable in all his ways. Now, there's a lot being said there, but I just want to give you the basic idea of what's going on. There are promises that can be held to. And one of them is God promises if we ask for wisdom, he'll give it. We have to hold on to it as true, because sometimes we ask for wisdom, it doesn't come immediately. And that is also a part of the testing of our faith. Will we just give up and say, well, I asked, it's been five minutes, nothing's happened. No one's helped me. I, I don't see anything. I don't I don't have any idea what I should do. I'm just going to walk away and make my own decision. Be very careful about that kind of attitude all throughout the Bible. It's not the one who begins praying, but the one who ends praying well. Jesus told us in Luke 18 to persevere in pray prayer. How many times did he say keep knocking, keep asking, keep searching? And you do so because, you know, look, God has said. He's demonstrated with his character that he's faithful. He's given me a direct promise. He will help me with wisdom. I just need to persevere in asking and seeking. So asking in prayer, seeking in the word, seeking counsel from others, he will give you wisdom. But the other thing you need to realize is that wisdom may not look like what you're looking for. And be be very, very careful about this. His answers sometimes don't fit into our categories. We're asking for wisdom. You know, um, those of us who are who are preachers, um, it's kind of common knowledge that that a lot of people come to us for counseling. But you know what most people are looking for? They're not looking for counseling. They're looking for someone to affirm the decision they've already made. And if you tell them, well, biblically, this is wrong, what you've decided to do, they'll keep looking for other counselors until they uh, they find someone who agrees with them. Don't be like that. Don't be like that. Sometimes God's counsel isn't exactly what we would want. And sometimes God's counsel will not ease the pain. It will cause greater pain. It will not take away all the difficulty and trial around us, but it'll actually increase it. Let me give you an example. When you have to make a right decision and before wicked men and stand your ground and they punish you for it. But God's wisdom you have followed, you see. And so don't think that that every time you're in a trial. And you ask for wisdom, God's going to give you some kind of wisdom to get out of that trial or to make it easier. Sometimes the wisdom he gives you will make that trial even more difficult. But you will be in the will of God and you will be doing the right thing and you will be following in the steps of your master. Young person, listen to me. Young men, listen to me. Young women, listen to me, because both of you must equally walk with integrity and integrity requires spiritual strength. And there are going to be choices in your life that you're going to have to make. That are not going to take away the difficulty. They're going to increase it, at least for a while. But you have to choose to do the right thing, the will of God over that which is not the right thing. And so many times those of us are older, we laugh that uh, it seems like always the right thing seems to be the more difficult road. That's oftentimes the case, not always. But know this. God is faithful and he will care for you. He truly will. He knows the way of the righteous. Psalms chapter one. And that means that not only knows where the righteous are going, he's intimately concerned and involved in their life. He who began a good work and you will finish it. And he is not only going to help you through trials, he's going to lead you into trials because his great goal, young person, is to make you like his son, Jesus Christ and Christ himself learned obedience through the things that he suffered. So do you have the same goal that God has? Do you ask for wisdom in order to get out of the trial or do you ask for wisdom to pass through the trial and to become more and more like God's son? All right. Well, in our next study, we're going to be back in Proverbs and we'll try to make a little bit more progress. But again, my goal is not to move fast. My goal is that you grow. So you have a great day and I'll see you in the next study. Thank you for listening to the Studies in Proverbs podcast produced by HeartCry Missionary Society. Visit heartcrymissionary.com to view our other productions and to find out more about HeartCry Missionary Society.